All right, welcome back to another episode of Big Fan Podcast. My name is Nikki, and I want to say thank you for tuning in today. We have a really fun episode planned. Actually, this is one episode that I've been wanting to make for so long, and um, with this specific person in mind. So today, my one of my best friends growing up, Molly, is going to be joining us on the podcast just to talk about life and pressures, society, and our bodies and what that means. Um, and so Molly and I, we met when I was in middle school. Well, she'll tell you about the, when she remembers knowing me, but I remember middle school um, being friends with Molly and then really becoming great friends as we entered high school. And then we've been able to maintain a really good friendship in our uh, college years, which is something we'll talk about, but also something that's really special and unique, especially when you uh, don't go to the same school or you are uh, half an hour away from each other. And so I just feel like we have we have maintained such a good level of friendship and that's why our conversation is as fun as it was. I'm really just happy that she said yes to joining me on the podcast today. Um, we are going to be talking about a, a number of things and I want to give a brief disclaimer, just an, an overview. We will be talking about some um, things that could be sensitive for a lot of people. Uh, this podcast episode is going to focus on uh, body positivity, uh, nutrition, fitness, um, societal pressures, um, eating disorders, things of that nature. And um, I just wanted to put that out there and Molly did as well, just so that in case somebody um, starts this podcast thinking it's going to be a, um, about something that they can handle and then realizing it can't, I want them to be able to know right at the front of things. So um, if that is you and you feel like you just might not be in the right place to be listening to this topic and engaging with this discussion, that's totally fine. Absolutely understandable. We get it. Please don't listen. Um, we are going to put a couple links in the show notes, uh, linking you to some resources, um, or all listeners to these resources and, um, hopefully continuing the conversation with, um, organizations and nonprofits and communities that are, and have been working with these topics for a long time. Molly and I are not experts. <laughs> we are not in the least experts. Um, we are just simply two people who were raised um, in a world with a lot of um, negative imagery, um, un, not, not great expectations. Um, and then here we are here to share our uh, stories about how we navigated and to be honest there were times with a lot of struggle and a lot of pain and there were seasons of life for the both of us that we just didn't feel worthy we didn't feel um, loved we we didn't love ourselves um, and then there were seasons of life that we just felt like oh I get it this is what it means to be um, body confident and confident in ourselves and so, um, yeah, we're just, we're here to share and to help each other process. And we hope that it will benefit the, the listeners to a certain degree. Um, if you, if, if anything rubs you the wrong way, if you feel like you don't agree with something that's being said, please reach out. Um, I'm pretty sure it's, it's easy to find, um, both of us, Molly or myself on Instagram. Uh, please just let us know and we will work on and attack those as we can. So with that being said, I just wanted to address the sensitivity of the topic and introduce Molly, but it is a great episode. It's very uplifting. Um, I love Molly so much. She's one of my, she's one of my greatest friends and I treasure her perspective. So I think you can hear some of that love in our conversation today, but I wanted to say it here as well. So please enjoy this episode. And if you do Remember to give it five stars or leave a review. That would be awesome. Thanks, guys. Okay, everybody. Welcome back to Big Fan Podcast. I am here with one of my best friends, Molly. Molly, say hi. Hi, everyone. It is Molly's first time on the podcast. Yeah. Woo. 
We're so excited. And um, Molly and I have been um, good friends for a long time, but we got through middle school. And so I feel like we can get through anything. <laughs> yeah, for real, actually. For, for real. Middle school was um, <laughs> dramatic for us. But we, when do you think that we became like really close? Well, I, I knew you. I've known you since kindergarten. You know, I knew yeah. of Nikki. I didn't, I don't, I didn't know you. I don't well, think. Well, I know, but I, remember I told you this before where I, I saw you hanging out with like your friends and I was like, Nikki's so cool. I like want to be friends with her. <laughs> that was really like nerdy and awkward. I feel like in school. And then and you then... became friends with me and you're like, oh, this isn't all that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, we, uh, how we became friends is in, I think in sixth grade, we, um, sat next to each other in choir. You're right. We were altos together yeah and I was I sat next to you and we the rest is history yeah the rest is history from there and we that in our small town in high school you you become like on a track if you're on the same track as other people with like AP classes or college classes that is literally the only people you see the entire day for sure (laughs) I think junior year we had like every class together or something I yeah one semester we had every class together and that was like, it was over. I was like, okay, this is, this is it. This is it. I'm stuck with her forever now. <laughs> yeah, actually though, but it's been a, it's been a ride. And I, um, I love you as one of my greatest friends. So thank you for being here on the podcast today. Oh, I love you too. We have, um, this is a really interesting topic and perspective because the Molly that I knew in high school and the Molly now are like, they're the same in uh, quality, yeah. But there's so there's so many aspects to you that have changed, and I just like wasn't there for it. But I've been yeah. like a consistent yeah throughout yeah. And so I want to kind of get into those changes and those mindsets and all those things so we can um, all learn together. So absolutely, that is the basis for this. Yeah, it's kind of like I'm the same like hue. I'm the same color. I'm just a different like shade of it, you know? Wow. Make that into a sticker. That was good. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about like what color would like describe me, but I think right now it would be like a very fall, like burgundy or burnt. Yeah. It would be like a muted blue. Yeah. Like gold accents. Oh, wow. Yeah. But in, in high school, what would your color have been? Oh, I I feel an, an orange. For me? Yes. I was I was thinking for you were talking about you and I was like oh. yours was definitely like a light pink. It was <laughs> so Yeah, it was a champagne pink. It was. Every <laughs> single shopping trip we went on, it was like, "Oh, I love this shirt." And I'm like, "You have that shirt, but it's I had the same shirt the same style of shirt in every different like pastel color." Pink. Yeah. yeah. It was- it, I've only recently um, expanded my colors to like more of this, you know, autumn kind of yeah. vibe. Even like I'm getting kind of into like blacks and like dark browns. Yay! <laughs> I love that for you. But I feel I love like black. It looks great on you because <laughs> of your hair. But my hair is so like bright, where it needs like a light pink or like a yeah. Like, blue, you know? I've been really into the trend of having like a black so like I wore I wear acid wash a lot like a black acid wash with pink though because I like the girly mixed with more mm. of the grunge so I feel like you oh. can maybe start with that I'm just impressed that you have like that you're able to <laughs> define your style in, in those ways where I'm just like if I go to a thrift store and I like it I buy it I mean I'm the same way because I do a lot of vintage shopping but I um, think that's your your whole aesthetic and it's yeah. not mine you know, I don't know if that's even changed because in high school I was voted like most likely to live abroad, you know, I forgot that. And I remember that and being that's like, funny. yeah, and I was I'm in the yearbook and everything is like most likely to live abroad. And I was like, well, I still have that quality to me. It's just why do you think you were voted that? I don't know. It's also one of those things like our whole class voted on it. And I'm like, wow, that's the way I was like perceived. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's a good one. I mean, yeah, I think it's because I'm a lot of people think I'm older than I am. Um, I've had many people be like, you're 24. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I feel like I was the same in high school. I was like 16 going on 30. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so I think that's part of it. And I also, you know, you and I both were, were very smart. So I knew how to articulate. Mm. I don't know. I was also kind of artsy in the sense of like, I was in band with you and, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think and that. And I feel like we were in a very small town where you were just like a little bit bigger perspective than what the small town was like allowing for you. And then people yeah. in the small town were like, oh, she's like, you know, going to live abroad because she has these perspectives and, and she's has this vibe to her. And maybe that was why. And because- here I am still in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you're, for now. you're still doing big things. Yeah. Yeah. For now, I'm still in Minnesota. We'll see after after COVID times kind of get a little bit more figured out, maybe. But yeah, that's yeah. really funny. I didn't I didn't remember that at all. Yeah. About you. Because so, you you voted you were voted um best smile. Best smile. Surprise I was, there. <laughs> <laughs> I was a two time best best smile, middle school and high school. I wasn't voted anything in middle school, I don't think. Middle school didn't really matter as much, I feel like. Yeah, it definitely did not matter at all. Lizzie was voted most likely to be late to graduation. Yes, she? she was. <laughs> oh, we should do Shout like a three-way Lizzie podcast. Home friend of the podcast. I know. I love Constant. Lizzie. We both love Lizzie so much. She just got a puppy. She was talking about it on a podcast a couple of while back. Oh, I know. I'm going to go visit him soon, and I'm really excited. And so cute. Nikki and I were talking about this earlier, where Nikki and I could go five years without talking to each other, and then I could, like, see her, and it would be like it hadn't been, like, a week, you know? We have gone a little ways I think we've gone like a year like I'll comment on an Instagram post you know here and there or you know whatever but I think the last time we hung out was Was maybe my wedding your wedding (laughs) oh my gosh that's it that's a year that's a year but and granted getting married you on my end I was like I want them to settle in you know because Mm -hmm. when you're recently married yeah that's different it's like difficult to kind of like merge everything together and I was like out of respect for that I was like I'm gonna like make sure they're settling in and on my end I was going through like career turmoil so and a pandemic and a pandemic now and yeah Yeah. so I mean we're fine no this is just the nature of of friendship in college and after college because we all went to different colleges so obviously we're not going to be like there for each other physically and then after college we're all you know in different areas too so it's just the nature of like adult life which I think it's one of those things where it's like I would definitely like take a bullet for you or Lizzie but you know I would but maybe not like a vital organ I would (laughs) like oh my gosh that's big you know I would I would I feel like it's one of those things where it's like I, maybe it's because where we grew up, where I feel like there's like an alliance there that I will, <laughs> I feel like I'm in Game of Thrones now. I'm like, there's an alliance. But, <laughs> it was you kind know. of. Yeah. It was, a, it was, where we grew up is like pivotal to our, our friendship, I think. Yeah, I think I'm going to talk about it a little bit in our Yeah, our let's topic. jump into that. Yeah. So I have like a series of questions I have for Molly and um, essentially, I just want to give you a little bit of space potentially if you have anything any background something that you think would be really helpful for people or listeners to know either about you yourself and like how you were in high school or growing up or how you know we were I don't know just yeah that space is available so like um give us a background overview of Molly yeah for sure um well we kind of already talked about like our friendship and how Mm -hmm. it blossomed um but me personally um I was I wasn't born in Cambridge but I was born in a city next to Cambridge and then brought back from the hospital to Cambridge so you know (laughs) I was born and raised in Cambridge which um I'm sure like Lizzie has talked about it before too where it's like it's a smaller it's actually pretty large but it's actually a very small town you know yeah I would agree with that and so I was born and raised there. I have one older brother. My brother um, was very popular growing up. Um, We're only 14 months apart, but my brother was very popular, very athletic, very like homecoming king, captain of the football team. He still is. Like, I love my brother, but him and I are very 
different in the sense of I'm also like friendly and nice and so <laughs> yeah. but I was never really athletic growing up um I mean I did kick dance and I did um you know volleyball for a little while but I think our our town how it's kind of shaped is you're really kind of labeled really early you know something that you did in first grade people like hold on to that a little bit I feel like you know or like you the personality and the sort of timber of who you are yeah is pretty set set. like you know like this gonna sound mean of me but the weird kids that we went to school with like they kind of were always considered weird kids quote unquote yeah until graduation you know Mm -hmm. and not because it's their fault but that's just how small towns work there was no one else really yeah and so I think when you're like labeled early and especially in my circumstance with like my brother being different than me and kind of definitely being in a different sort of popularity than I was, it definitely kind of set the tone for me of being like, I'm this sort of person. This is what I do. I'm the smart one. You know, Mm -hmm. I study, I, you know, take all the AP classes with Nikki. I, you know, Mm -hmm. all that. So that's a little bit of the kind of background of how I grew up. And as Nikki mentioned, I, and the same kind of that I was, but I'm di- I'm very different at the same time. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and part of that is just from going off to college and everything, but yeah. Have you ever talked with your brother about, you know, how he was perceived and had that effect on you or no? I haven't really sat down and talked to him about it because I feel like he knows. Yeah, I wonder what he would say. Well, I think it's also weird because we've actually kind of like almost switched I don't want to say like switched roles, but now I'm definitely like, I'm more into fitness. I'm more into nutrition, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Whereas in high school, he was definitely like football, you know, mm-hmm. he did basketball for a while. He was definitely more athletic and now he's less so. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've never sat down and like talked to him about it, but we kind of know that we're very different people and my mom has like mentioned like I grew up with like two very different children so interesting yeah but I mean I was bopping around Cambridge I was the (laughs) smart girl I was the girl who in class if the teacher asked a question I raised my hand immediately wanted to be called on first yeah I am definitely I still have the I have to deal with the feelings of perfectionism and overachievement and uh sometimes I have usually if you're especially if you're a woman and you have like a more perfectionist mm-hmm. quality about you you often are have imposter syndrome as well which you've talked about before and so I have had to deal with that as well mm-hmm. um but yeah that's so our hometown kind of like crafted that what was really nice is that our friend group was like pretty small for the yeah. most part um but so I felt comfortable I guess there but yeah definitely that definitely shaped me for sure yeah and like we like we mentioned we if you we had like these tracks basically and if you're in if you're smart enough we'll say to get in on this track and mm-hmm. you're surrounded by the same 30 people who were smart enough to get on that track who you've yeah. been on the same track with since since you differentiate learning to like advanced you know average remedial or something like that so it's very very easy for who you are and like your reputation to be given to you or like Mm -hmm. molded to you if that makes sense and so like I've talked about in previous podcasts how I was always like you know the church girl but Mm -hmm. like still nice that is so true (laughs) I guess but like that was my reputation and even like Lizzie had a little bit of that too and and that was just because the town is small enough for people to know that's where my family you know chose to spend our time yeah I think in general I was kind of known as like generally I was known as Chance's sister but Mm -hmm. I think I was also kind of I was known as a girl that you could talk to Mm -hmm. You know, I I think with you too, it's like we're friendly. You can talk to us, and we had like people we talked to mm-hmm. and everything, but we weren't like typically like quote unquote popular. You know? Yeah. 
feel like to another degree, like the whole popularity thing and like always striving to be popular. Yeah. Like so unhealthy now that I think back. Oh, for sure. And also what did popular even mean in our high school? Because I don't know what it meant. (laughs) And also would I have been happy if I was like, quote unquote, popular or more popular, the most popular person? Probably not if I wasn't with my friends. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think that ties into kind of what we're going to be talking about later, too, because, you know, the popular people were the sports people, you know, yeah, were the people that were going to what was the that kind of like booty camp you could go to in the mornings? You know what I'm talking about? No, there was like this class that a bunch of like the athletic athletic people took like in the early mornings. Yeah. And like, there was after school programs that they could do and stuff. And I was never a part of that. And, you know, the swim team was very like cult like, like they were everyone that was on the swim team. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like a lot, another thing that like classified you as popular or not was whether or not you had a lot of guys interested in you. Oh, we're going to talk about that later too, girl. Don't you worry. (laughs) also interesting because there's people who I felt like I never interacted with in high school who now I'm interested in certain things and they're interested in certain things I would be like we would get along so well but since we didn't talk in high school I will never reach out to them and yeah it's, it's like, kind of oh. like I think there was one time you went home and you saw someone at Target and you're like I mean I didn't talk to them really but right like, with the high school I don't know it was like right. weird. But yeah like, I would say 80% of our friend group was like single all of high school Right. And then to me, I was like, oh, my goodness, that means we're not we haven't achieved popularity. Yeah, <laughs> or absolutely. Or something, you know? Yeah, I went to I went to prom with Ellie. Like I literally went with oh, yeah. Ellie. And I was like, well, I'll, I'll go with you. I don't have a date, you know, and then we went, we went dress shopping. We did, but we went and dress shopping said, for you. You said I'm not gonna I'm not even gonna try on it. And then your mom was like, No, yeah and then you (laughs) You bought a dress and then they bought a dress (laughs) I love it but prom is I mean for our friend group prom is just a fun it was so fun it was was so fun fun. but like you know it's kind of like that high school movie yeah you know where it's like I didn't get asked to prom now I have a chip on my shoulder you know I've asked my guy I've asked Noah to prom I did that so it's like no one prom posed to me you know and yeah yeah that's wild but also like looking back aren't you so much happier that you went with someone that you like had a good time with and was friends with and rather than like your boyfriend who now you don't talk to yeah it's just it's trippy yeah okay let's move on a little bit to like pinpointing specific Mm -hmm. maybe seasons in your life um influential in in whichever way you want to take it yeah Um, yeah just in general um you know I think my childhood was definitely a different childhood than a lot of people, even that we went to like high school with, but my Mm -hmm. parents got divorced when I was six. And I was one of like, I think two people in our grade that had divorced parents. And so that definitely was like an influential moment, not necessarily Mm -hmm. because I thought divorce is like bad or whatever, because actually divorce can sometimes be quite healthy. Um, But that definitely kind of changed me a lot. You know, Mm -hmm. my parents, my parents' divorce was kind of a messy one. And my dad has issues himself that Mm -hmm. my brother and I were subject to. And um, there was a lot of um, emotional trauma there. Mm -hmm. And it, it, that was all before, like, I was the age of like eight, you know? Yeah. And so by the time I was eight, I matured quite a lot, which is why I was saying like, you know, I was 16 going on 30, you know, mm-hmm. I, I was very mature. I would, I love to sit with the like adults at the table. I love to listen, you know, that I was definitely more mature. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think that's one of the like more influential moments in my life. Cause it kind of just, it changes who you become as a person sort of. Yeah. It also always made me feel, you know, like I said, I'm kind of a perfectionist and an overachiever, it always kind of made me feel like I wasn't good enough, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that really shaped how I acted because I was always now I got to be good enough. I got to get the A plus. I got to like pass the test, you know? Um, And it was also just kind of my like physical placement as well. Like when I was younger, this is going to sound funny. I got, but as a little girl, when you're younger and you're taller than all the boys in the class, you're like, 
yeah you know you're like yeah, yeah. I'm like you're like you suck you suck you suck you know <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm tired than you. all of you yeah or like in the back of the class picture you get to stand on the top riser and you're like the top riser girl you know and I always felt a lot of power in that because I felt like I'm I was strong mm-hmm. I was bigger you know like in a good way yeah. you know and then obviously like puberty hits mm-hmm. and I obviously the boys like shoot up and all that stuff but yeah. all of my friends and my friend group I was definitely kind of like the biggest you know I I'm 5'7 which I know doesn't sound very tall but like the average height for women I think is like 5'5 five, five or something like that and so I was not only tall I was also you know chubby and I'd always been so mm-hmm. that kind of also shaped how I acted and how I had to be because um you hear I feel like all those like memes or those movies where as like the which we'll talk about this term later but the as the quote-unquote fat girl like you have to develop a personality mm-hmm. you know because you have to be funny and you have to be the confident one mm-hmm. because you have to um make up for what you're lacking yes. you know there's definitely that quality to it. So I definitely was like the, I, I mean, I perceive this. I was definitely like the funny one. I was the like one that would like crack a joke. I was also like very self-deprecating. Yeah. Which you would probably agree with. Yeah. I was very like self-deprecating. Definitely did not want like attention on me, on my physical looks mm-hmm. at all. Like I wanted it, if I was going to get attention, I wanted it to be for what I could achieve, mm-hmm. you know? I wanted to like be told that I was smart and you know all that so growing up that was kind of like my placement of how I was like feeling you know and Mm -hmm. obviously that really changes how you act in social circles and Mm -hmm. all that so yeah that's kind of like the growing up part of it and then we graduated from Cambridge Isania High School (laughs) Praise God. Finally. <laughs> Our last year. Molly was ready to go. She was I like, was ready I to go junior year. <laughs> yeah. I was ready to go junior year. Well, we because we were in this like very smart friend group, we all had like pre-registered to all of our colleges. So like before anyone else in our grade had like even applied to school, we had like acceptances and like mm-hmm. decided where we we're going to go and what major. And we were ready in like, you know, the summer before senior year. So yeah. senior year, we were like, we constantly talked about college because we were like, let's go. I'm ready. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yep. And I, growing up, I never really thought of college. Um, also, I grew up in a single parent household, um, you know, communication with my father cut off at eight. Um mm-hmm. And my mom raised us like single-handedly. And so part of the overachievement quality of it too was like, I got to get into a really good school, you know? Um, So the only schools I was looking at in state were private because I was like, those are like the most elite, you know? Yeah, prestigious. So I ended up applying to three schools. I had a whole plan. Nikki and I talked about this earlier I have and she remembers this I was like I'm going for biology I'm going to be an OBGYN I'm going to study women's health I had it all planned out Mm -hmm. um so I ended up choosing to go to St. Thomas Mm -hmm. which is one of the biggest private schools in the states they're now D1 that's how big they are they used to be in the same uh conference as where you went to college yeah they spawn I have but we win too much, so they were demolishing us. So we said yeah. bye. But it's like a stereotypically very wealthy school, mm-hmm. um, so. and so I was very excited to go there because you know I'm this like podunk girl from the fields of you know yeah. Cambridge, you know. <laughs> and so I went to school, and I would almost describe St. Thomas as like, I guess I don't utopian or looking at it the other side dystopian interesting (laughs) because everyone is blonde everyone's tan everyone's skinny everyone's father works at target everyone's (laughs) mom is a housewife you know like it's very suburban I went to I graduated from YZ um I went to Creighton Durham Hall for school you know it's yeah everyone's kind of the same 
And also everyone there works out like crazy. Everyone there's really sporty. Mm-hmm. Very like almost influencer like vibes there. Oh, so that would be awful for me. Yeah. When I went there, I was not like, I obviously wasn't like that. Um, and it definitely was like, I ended up rooming with a girl I went to high school with. And so that was nice because yeah. we knew each other, you know, yeah. it was hard to like make friends there almost because everyone's kind of very much the same there. Yeah. I ended up finding like a friend group and it was, I ended up being fine, but it still was a lot of pressure, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah, kind of like fit in in that way. In high school, like I said, I was never like athletic. I was never like, I didn't go to the gym except for, I don't know if you remember this, but like junior year, I dropped like 70 pounds. I got really yeah. skinny. I don't remember that at all. Yeah. Cause I used to be like larger and then I got skinny like junior year and not I don't want to say it was like unhealthy ways even though it was but it was because it wasn't because I was on purpose doing it in an unhealthy way it was because I didn't have the knowledge to back up what I was even doing what healthy was was eat less work out more yeah so I really got into hustle culture I woke up at 4 a.m yes I went and swam laps with Emily Abraham every morning yeah and then we'd go get breakfast at her parents' place. And then we'd go to school. I'd be at school. And then after school, I'd go to like, I mean, it was my junior year. So I had a job at that point. I would go to my job. And then I would go and work out again. And then I'd go home and finish up homework. Anyway, so that was kind of like my routine and my schedule, you know? Yeah. And then on the weekends, I'd like hang out with friends, mm-hmm. you know? And part of that is because I didn't do like sports really after school. Yeah. Like you and Lizzie were in tennis. Yeah. You know, and I I would work out morning and night and I would at lunch eat like not a ton of food and I would drink a boatload of water. And in my mind, it was like, oh, I'm getting skinnier. It's working. You know, yeah. it wasn't like I didn't know what like carbs were. I didn't know what protein was. I had no idea. I didn't know like muscle groups and like, oh, if I lift a heavier weight, it's going to do this to my body. I just had no idea. Yeah. And so I lost a bunch of weight junior year, senior year. I kind of like chilled out a little bit. And then obviously in college, they always say the freshman 15, which like I don't necessarily agree with because I think it's like throughout all of college, you're eating greasy food, you're not sleeping, you're stressed. Yeah. Yes. You know, you your body naturally will take on that stress. Our yeah. body is very, our body's really tough, but it's also fragile. Mm-hmm. And so if you're like not sleeping, eating greasy food that you're grabbing really quickly all the time, if you're out like, you know, drinking with your friends. Yeah, your body takes a hit from that, you know, and mm-hmm. so I gained a lot of weights in school. And um, after school, I got a job and it was in the job force. Mm-hmm. So um, after like, I would say like three months after college ended, I was at work one day and I was like, I need to like get it together. I was like, I don't it wasn't because not, I, I didn't look at myself and think, wow, I look terrible or anything. Um, it was more like, I just felt like internally not healthy. You know, mm-hmm. I felt, I felt physically heavy, you know, mm-hmm. which I sounds weird, but like, I don't know if you like, no. you know, it just felt like I <laughs> couldn't move almost, you know, I was yeah. just, I just really wanted to like breathe easier. Yeah. And I think also movement does so much for your mental health. Mm -hmm. And I was really craving movement. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to start looking into gyms and a girl from our high school. uh, Shout out to Rebecca Poppin. Um, Oh, fun. Yeah. She was going to this bar studio and I asked her, about it if she liked it um, because I didn't really know where to go Um, and she said she did so I ended up trying it out and I really loved it but it was really expensive Mm -hmm. so I only did like their like lowest package I could possibly do to be able to afford it and it was uh I was there maybe like two months two or three months and the owner of the studio called me one day and said we love your personality you're so friendly and nice we would love for you to work for us 
And I said, oh, that's like great. I would love to. And she's like, I mean, we will pay you a little bit. Like it was like below minimum wage. Like I wasn't doing it for the paycheck. Um, But we, you get a free membership if you work here. Like any package? Yep. You get unlimited. You can come here as much as you want, you know, whatever. And so that's kind of where my routine kind of started. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I would not only work there, but it also like work out there. And I go to like early morning. I was typically at that time pre-COVID morning person. Um, So I go in the early morning, get my workout in, um, and then, you know, go about my day. Mm -hmm. Um, After being in that community, because, you know, I got to know the instructors really well, you know, everything. It's very health oriented. You know, it's very like all the people that are going to this gym want to like work on their bodies and they want to eat better. And they, you know, like that's kind of like the mentality there. So I just kind of naturally followed that, you know, and I started making friends that had the same kind of, uh, I don't want to say like goals, but, you know, because I never really had like a particular goal, but, um, you know, we're just really focused on working out and, you know, I started learning about nutrition and I started learning like slowly gaining that knowledge because Mm -hmm. before I had borderline none of it, you know? So yeah. And then I started working out there and I was getting a routine and um, I started changing my nutrition um, after talking with people there like, Oh, what do you like, what do you do to like, you know, eat clean or, you know, and I started kind of diving into that world. And um, I think I was working there for about six months and I ended up um, dropping like, I think at first it was around like 30 pounds. And then uh, the summer of your wedding, I was slowly losing a little bit more. And um, just not because I was on a like, well, we can talk about this later too. I wasn't on a quote unquote diet because mm-hmm. I hate diet culture, mm-hmm. but I was just changing what I was eating. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, obviously moving my body more and having that routine. And so now here I am today, 60 pounds lighter than I was. Yeah. And a change like that really does drastically affect your confidence and your, the way you feel in the world. Yeah. Especially since the history of what I had mm-hmm. was feeling very different, yes. you know? Yes. Yeah. So. Dang. Yeah. It's kind of a long, weird journey and not, I mean, yeah. I didn't plan it, you know? But it kind of has to be in a way. I yeah. Mean, for, for you to have started at that bar studio firsthand and then been able to start your journey there and not Mm -hmm. do all the back stuff I mean that would be Mm -hmm. awesome but does it happen a lot I don't really yeah I think it's more when you look at a place the way I approach especially fitness is if I'm gonna go to like work out I want it I don't like working out by myself I really do crave because I'm not like a Mm -hmm. self-motivator when it comes to working out Mm -hmm. and everyone's different Mm -hmm. um I, which is why COVID was so difficult for me because everyone's like, now we get to work from home or, you know, work out yeah. from home and work yeah. from home. Yeah. And I was like, I that. hate it. Cause I, I do really have to have like a community around me mm-hmm. and like, I feel motivated by having like an instructor or being around people that are also like struggling on the level I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I'm by myself, I'm like, Oh, 20 minutes yeah. I'm done, yeah. you know? Um, but when I do look at places where I want to work out, it's, mm-hmm. I want to have more of a community feel. I don't want it to just be like some gym I go to, you know? Yeah. So I feel like this is, this is exactly why I wanted to have this conversation with you because there are so many things that I have been through or like journeys that I've gone through that I resonate with your journey, but we've never really talked about this kind of stuff yeah also like a lot of people don't talk about this stuff in the way that I think is productive and and Mm -hmm. um, kind of should be um because even like myself growing up who wasn't like the largest but also not the skinniest yeah just a very 
in between. You're very in between. Yeah. Almost like I can make it, I can, I can get put into the skinny category to people who are larger than me, but then I'm also put in to the larger category to people who are skinnier than me. Like, I don't think people have been saying those things specifically to me, but I'm imagining that about myself. Yeah. I imagine that people view me this way. Same. I mean, I mean, similar. I just imagined that I was like bigger. And the thing is, I was bigger, you know, you know, it just the way it is. Kind of same to me, because I remember very, very early on, thinking like, I obviously, like, there's one thing that doesn't fit here. And it is me because I am the largest in the room. Like, I remember having those thoughts in like, elementary school or something. Yeah. Even like my family, like, I remember thinking like, I am the only cousin like me and my sister are the only cousin who are larger than the typical normal. The stereotypical norm, yeah. Yeah, and so that kind of goes into something we'll talk about probably about like society and yeah, you know, like what I wasn't seeing mm-hmm. and how that made me feel. But um, even so, like throughout my whole entire life, I, I being a similar perfectionist, um, never thought that I could control the way that I look. I always thought that it was just something that I was given. I was given bigger thighs and like a chubby face and like mm-hmm. just gonna make do because that's the way the lord made me and yeah but then um right before i went to korea i had like this breakup and you know lost yeah. a big rejection in my life and like the whole semester was kind of thrown away and i was like i'm leaving like i don't care about <laughs> anything and i really 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 subscribed to hustle culture in terms oh, of yeah losing weight getting fit because I was like I'm going to Korea I'm gonna like why am I wasting my time I don't want to be huffing and puffing in Korea I want people to like me and I I thought that the way that people liked me was because of the way that I looked like I always really thought that I there's something to that though um it does help and I am yeah um it's a privilege yes which I'll talk about when we talk more about like quote unquote, body positivity. Yes, which is where I'm kind of going. So yeah. st- stick with me here. Yeah, <laughs> because um, the way that I because I was in tennis growing up, I didn't need to like work out super a lot. I didn't need to think about what I ate because I was working out a ton in high school playing tennis. But when I was doing in this season, when I was at the gym, just like waking up early, staying up late, um, really like I counted calories a ton. Mm-hmm. And I didn't starve myself. Um, I, I didn't take out junk food, but I would, um, I would know the cow. Cal- like if you asked me how much yeah. this zebra cake, how many calories I would tell you. Yeah. Um, and it worked out to the point where I saw my body changing and I was proud of the progress that mm-hmm. I made. And it's, that yeah. season yeah. taught me in my little uh, sophomore brain that I that I could control the way that I looked like this is working this you is know working. yes yeah. even if it's not healthy if it's healthy or not it's working and since that point in my life I have had seasons of awful awful um diet culture type yep. situations I've worked way too hard on my body um and then if I don't see my body changing that to me equals I'm being lazy. I'm failing. Yeah. You're being like, it's so external based too. Yeah. like, you're not looking at what you're feeling internally. Yeah. You're not like registering. I'm sore. My body's tired, yes. you know, whatever, what kind of externally is the world tells you is like, it doesn't matter. Never miss a, never miss a Monday, right. never miss a day. You know, you have to, you know, go, go, go in yeah. order to fit into this box that society has made of like what you're prescribed to look like you know and it's so external based it's not based on how you feel it's based Mm -hmm. on how other people feel exactly you know so I definitely get that you know 100 Mm percent and it's hard too because there's nothing intrinsically necessarily wrong with like I wouldn't say counting calories because Mm -hmm. people do have like goals that they want to reach and and it's not necessarily like a thin goal but it's like sometimes I just want to know the amount of protein I'm eating in a day because I want my muscles to like get stronger this certain way or you know whatever what is wrong is when you associate emotions with them so kind of like I'm I used to be terrified I don't I wouldn't say terrified I, I used to be very apprehensive and I hated the scale 
You know, I used to look at the scale and be like, I am, it's going to show that I'm fat. I just know I'm going to be fat. And I think a part of my journey has been really trying to just like disconnect my emotions from fat. Same with like food that you're intaking. Nothing's good nor bad. Food is food. You know, I could drink a, you know, Coca-Cola and it has the same calories as, I don't know, what's something that's probably healthier. Like a chicken breast, a grilled chicken breast, you know? So like I could drink a can of Coke and then, you know, there's a grilled chicken breast. They're both the same calories. Yeah. And calories are calories. They give you energy, you know, calories are, you know, right. They help you go throughout the day. What really is what you have to look for is like, what's behind those, you know, what's in a can of Coke, a lot of sodium, a lot of sugar, some chemicals. Mm -hmm. It's very processed. Whereas like the calories in like a chicken breast are going to be like, you have proteins, you have fats that you need because fat is not the enemy, you know, and you have, it's more nutrient dense, they say in like that world. It's, it's more, it has more behind it than just the calories. So exactly. You have to stop. I feel like our society has to stop taking a food. Like I keep on using like a can of Coca-Cola looking at that and saying that's bad that's junk food like Mm -hmm. because then you that's you associate guilt with it right and I don't want to make someone feel guilty about what they're eating yeah I don't want to make myself feel guilty you know so Mm -hmm. I think with counting calories and like the scale I really tried to like no matter what the number is Mm -hmm. on that scale I try to think this is where I'm at you know I think of it more as knowledge Mm-hmm. And I think of it as like, this is going to define how I'm perceived in the world, you know, because yeah. at the end of the day, it's literally the gravitational force that your body takes to stay to the earth, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I just happen to take up a little bit more gravity, you know, yeah. I, I yeah. just happen to need to be tethered to the earth a little bit more than some people, you know, and right. I try to really not make it like, this is good. This is bad. This is, yeah. this is healthy. You know, mm-hmm. it's like this is what it is. And what we have done as a society is associate emotions behind it. Yeah. And it's so external and based on comparison. And we've also whittled it down to just being calories as the end all be all kind of a thing. Like, sure. As long as you count calories and is in a deficit and then you're going to be a okay. And like whatnot, which I do think there's merit to that. But when I was working out, before I went to Korea and I saw a lot of gains and I was doing great. I was also in like an emotionally um, very unstable place, mm-hmm. um, but I had stability in being at college. Like I had friends, I knew yeah. that I would be safe. Whereas I've taken the exact routine of that time, that, which gave me like great results. And I've tried to apply it to my post-college life. And it hasn't been the same at all because you know what? I'm stressed. I have a husband yeah. that I'm cooking for. Like I'm Life doing happens. eight other things. I have like carrying stress of like an entire study abroad program. So it's like mm-hmm. even that and like what I thought had worked in the past, it's just like you can't copy and paste it to like who no. I am now because all this has weight to it, you know? Yeah. And it's definitely like a season of life thing too, yeah. you know, and especially with COVID, that totally, I mean, it changed our world. It totally upended how we even function and how we relate to each other in society Mm -hmm. and what we can do. And, um, it definitely was a major slowdown and there were so many, I follow a lot of like, um, you know, quote unquote body positive, like influencers Yeah. and they, a lot of them were like sharing content that was along the lines of like, if you gain weight during this time, if you like, whatever, give yourself some grace, give yourself some patience because like our world has changed. Yeah. And um, it's, it's not, nothing is easy. You know, this isn't easy. You know, me losing a lot of my weight wasn't easy, you know, Mm -hmm. but you you do what you got to do to like yeah. survive the like, baseline right. you know right. it's like I wasn't gonna risk my life to like go to the gym you know right no yeah so yeah it definitely it's difficult and it's different for everyone it is so yeah so we should kind of talk about that to a degree because I 
being, you know, this person who is kind of, I don't know, I don't even know what to call myself. Just like, I don't know, not straight size. Is that what I would be? Straight size? Yeah, like straight size, I would say. Like you're very. I can do, what does straight size mean? Is it like. So there's plus size, obviously, which like in our world, plus size is, I believe, size 12 or above. And then below that is what they call straight sizes. Straight size. I just don't I just don't want people to um, hear me say that I'm straight size and be like, she's the stick thin person because I I definitely carry a little bit more on me. And also the label of like sizing. I I hate like you're you. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Because I'm trying, I've gotten to this place, where, especially in COVID, where I'm like no longer trying to, um, I don't know, tone my body, like look better, feel better because yeah. of um, that external thing that we're talking about. Yeah. I simply just want to like be able to like um, keep up with like the family that I will eventually grow or like yeah. have a child or like be healthy because of COVID. So I'm I'm now changing it more into this body positive yeah. view. But I also... I've seen a lot of pushback on people who um, support body positivity as it really being a space for plus mm-hmm. size people. So, so I I have thoughts on body positivity. Let's get into that. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So so obviously we live in a social media world where this movement of body positivity kind yeah. of like that didn't really exist when like five years ago. I feel like. no, absolutely not. It didn't really exist five years ago. I personally don't don't like the term body positivity because it like connotes a negativity, you know. Um, I try to use body confidence mm. or just confidence in general as like my gauge of it. Yeah. The kind of history behind body positivity is it was actually originally was not even intended for like everyone kind of. It was like a lot of people in the black community actually started the body positivity movement because the whole purpose of body positivity was like you're outside the norm yeah which like in our society in america the norm kind of accepted way to be is you know white straight yeah slash heterosexual you know white straight heterosexual blonde hair blue eyed you know middle class upper middle class that's kind of like the baseline and so a lot of black women from the community wanted to create a space for them to feel accepted with their black bodies, you know? Mm -hmm. And of course, like a lot of other things, (laughs) the world kind of (laughs) took that and kind of made it their own with out. You have to have knowledge behind what you are doing. Mm -hmm. So it kind of was taken on then by just like the, the quote unquote plus size community in general. You know, um, I and I wouldn't even say plus size. I think it was taken on by people who are even past what the like standard sizes would be. Mm. You know, there are people out there who are like very big and they just they can't be in society normally because of their body type. And so they kind of took on the body positivity community as saying, I'm going to reclaim this for me, you know people that aren't able-bodied kind of also took on the body positivity, you know, term, I guess, or like they took on that quality because they are outside of the norm, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. the stereotypical norm of what our society caters to, you know? So it started kind of like growing a little bit and now it's completely kind of upended a little bit where you see women who are stereotypically the thin, you know, they're stereotypically, you know, in like what you would categorize a size as, and you see all the Instagram versus reality where like Instagram, yeah, you know, they're like, you know, quote unquote, stereotypically beautiful. Yeah. And then reality is like, they have one role as they're like scrunching over. And so you kind of now see this weird tension in that community where some people are all for it. Some people are against it usually the people that are against it are the people saying that I don't get to change my body. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't get to like slunch over and make a roll, but then stand up straight and be skinny. You know, there's some people out there that are, yeah, yeah. They, there's some people out there that like, they, 
the body that they have is the body they have for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether that's because I I think I sent you something a couple of days ago that was, you know, we kind of think of health, overall health as fitness, nutrition, and I don't remember what the third was, but like fitness and nutrition, basically. But really, it it's a whole microcosm of so many different things. It's not only fitness and nutrition, it's genetics, it's sleep, it's, you know, society, like um, your social standing, you know, are you from a poverty level? Because Mm -hmm. people in communities that are impoverished don't have access to like healthy foods. Yeah. You know, and it's your gut health, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's everything. And so um, basically, the body positive community is kind of like really butting heads like right now, which is why a lot of people have kind of like pushed aside the body positive moniker and instead are doing body confidence because that doesn't like associate a positive or negative. And it also that way it's not in that sort of running where it's like, Oh, there's this fitness influencer who just did this Instagram versus reality post. And now they're body positive. It's like, that's not really what it was initially intended for. Yeah. So um, there's kind of like that term, like let's talk about terms, I guess, a little bit. Yeah. There's like body positivity. So mm-hmm. we've like talked about that, but there's also the term like fat, which I've used before in this. What a lot of people in the, you know, body confidence, body positivity community have really been trying to do now is to really kind of reclaim the word fat because Mm -hmm. obviously if you call someone fat that's meant to be like a dig you know it's meant to like hurt and um a lot of people that would be categorized as like fat in the world Mm -hmm. um they are trying to really reclaim that word as like their own you know so like I don't I try not to make fat like a bad word because if you're First of all, we have fat on our bodies. We have to in order to function. So that's yeah. one. If it's a part of who we are, it's intrinsically a good thing because every human has it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so we can't look at that and say fat is the enemy. It's bad, you mm-hmm. know? So when I say like growing up, I was fat back then I used to be, I used to look at that and say, well, I'm fat. Therefore I'm inferior same yeah now I feel like it's more trying to take that word and say you know I'm I'm fat or I have fat on my body and that's fine you know because we I think what people are trying to do is to change the way the world perceives that you know Mm -hmm. um so that's kind of like another term that is starting to kind of have influx a little yeah. bit starting to morph a little bit um another term losing weight mm. I lost 60 pounds oh I mm. you know there's one influencer I follow um who also has a podcast actually um who is it uh the bird's papaya I follow I follow her on Instagram and I yeah. see podcast. Yeah, you should listen That's to her podcast. Actually, I'll I'll give credit to her in the in the description. Yeah, give credit to her because she's really great. Uh, because she does at the same time of like trying to kind of fit into this world, she's also registering her privilege at the same time, which I feel like people don't often like do. Yeah. Um, but she uses the term release weight. So instead of saying I'm losing weight or I'm gaining weight or getting bigger or getting smaller, she says, I'm releasing this from my body because it's not for me. It, it it takes it away from the hustle culture aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Like what I do behaviorally, if I go for a walk, if I drink more water one day, your body will naturally release whatever, or it will increase whatever it's because our body is a, it's an organism you know it's not a machine Mm -hmm. so it's going to change daily and your body throughout one day you know I could be two pounds heavier at the beginning of the day and by the end of the day I couldn't have it or the other way around so Mm -hmm. she tried it just takes away the kind of stigma behind it I guess or Mm -hmm. like the I like that because the the norm what society has done is given things about our body qualities 
like I said, mm-hmm. of like bad or good. Mm-hmm. If you lose weight, you're good. If you gain weight, you're bad. Mm-hmm. End of story. Whereas like you have to look at your body as like it's a living, breathing thing mm-hmm. and it's going to change. And there's so many different things, like I said, that affect it. So yeah. it's not good or bad. It's the way it is, right. <laughs> you know, which is why going into the term of plus size versus straight size or standard size or whatever, not only is there the issue of every country has different standards for sizing. Yeah. Like I'm sure Korea probably has a completely different. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, which like you've talked about that with me before where it's like, they just have a different like society really than what we have in America, you know? Yeah. And they, it's one of those things where it's like, I could be a size 10 at this mm-hmm. store, but I could be a size 14 at this store. You know, we talked earlier about how I go vintage shopping a lot. Mm-hmm. People in the 50s were just a lot smaller, you know, mm-hmm. because they weren't eating a ton of processed foods. They didn't have like really fast food chains. Yeah, A lot of their diet was farm to table or, you know, it was like homemade food and they really mm-hmm. cooked in the home and really valued meeting over food mm-hmm. instead of it being this like quick gotta grab this like candy bar and you know whatever right, um, right. well at vintage stores I'm like a size freaking 16 because back then their size 16 is our like size whatever mm-hmm. you know so a lot of people that are you know plus size have also taken on instead of saying plus t- plus size they're just like listen I'm fat and deal with it you know mm-hmm. like because what stores also do, what corporate America does, is when you walk into a store, the plus size section is buried in the back of the yeah. room. Yes. And as someone who, like, I'm now more of the quote unquote standard size, but, you know, before I definitely was like in like the plus size category, um, walking through the store mm. <laughs> to the back plus size and, you know, like, for example, shopping with you at like, Forever 21 when we were in like sophomore year yeah you know it was hard for me to like all my friends could like go to the regular side of the store and I had to be like okay see you guys in like 40 minutes as I go to the plus size section it just they really try to make you feel separated or different and tucked away you Mm -hmm. know and so I think what's happening now is a lot of stores and clothing corporate organizations are really trying, eh, I don't want to say really trying. <laughs> Some of them are trying and failing. Some of them are trying from an actual place of wanting to, like, yeah, do it. But also, like, I don't think people realize that women who are bigger, who are plus size, like, quote-unquote plus size, they have money. They have resources. Like, you could make bank with their money. And stores in the past have never catered to them. And yeah. so now I think they're realizing that, oh, there's money here mm. it, because corporate America revolves around money. Um, right. I also try not to like say plus size or standard size. Like I said, you're the size that you are. Yeah. I could be the, this quote unquote plus size at this one store, but at this other store, I could be a completely different size. Yeah. Um, if people took off labels of sizing, I would not be upset. <laughs> like you know I wouldn't I mean I get why they have to do it so you like online shopping you can know or like you know whatever but it just because like I said we give qualities to things that we shouldn't we look Mm -hmm. at a size four and we say that's good you're a size four yeah we look at size 20 and we say that's bad you're size 20 you know it's just Yeah. yeah it's not our society has really done damage damage yeah, and absolutely. It, honestly, it didn't just start this year, or like you know, yeah. it just it didn't just like start. It's been crafted that way for like years and years. And I, I feel like I read something about where it like really started to change. But I think a big part of it was like it kind of revolves around clothing. Like in the seventies, mm-hmm. a lot of the clothing was meant for like women that didn't really even have curves, you know, mm-hmm. because all of their stuff was very like kind of boxy and like hip hip you know Mm -hmm. hip-esque hipster um so and then you started seeing that a lot like you know the model twiggy in like the 60s she was like super teeny and small but she said that she was like super unhealthy then didn't she yeah yeah 
Yeah, which like a lot of times, if you're not genetically thin, there's a lot of stories behind people who said in order to keep this like really teeny size, yeah, there I I ate cottage cheese and that's it, or you know like yeah. just didn't have healthy practices right. um, because there is a pressure. Oh my gosh, yeah, an intense pressure. And that's where you get into, like I said, I was going to give like a like trigger warning, but that's where you get into like disordered eating and you get into, or like, you know, disordered eating or slash eating disorders, mm-hmm. or you get into body dysmorphia. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's obviously a scary mm-hmm. place to be. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I have so many thoughts. Um, but one of them that keeps occurring while you're talking is just that hello it is Nikki popping in to say that this conversation was that good we filmed so much content that uh, unfortunately Molly and I were like let's make this into two parts because we really go deep into all this stuff and we're just scratched the surface in this podcast episode so if you are someone who is really interested by this podcast if you are curious to hear uh, where we go next if you are just simply a fan a listener a supporter thank you so much and be ready for next week's episode part two with molly about all this stuff you know eating disorders food nutrients body confidence versus body positivity, societal pressures, and our experiences with all of it. So uh, thank you so much for giving this podcast a listen, and we look forward to seeing you back next week.